Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Uh, how many of you know something big's happening? And God's called us to make the greater Flint great again. Do you believe that? Amen. Thanks to Matt and just all his uh, savvy tech work on the camera and just, I mean, hey, how, have you have you been liking our new logo? Isn't that new logo pretty cool? Come on, man. I'm telling you, people are going to get recognizing the, the the new GVC. Come on. Let me see some smiles. There you go, man. You're the new face to GVC. It's all right. Amen. Hey, one last thing. That little video that you saw there, just in terms of uh, the tide is turning, something big is coming and uh, making Greater Flint great again, that is going to be on the GVC Facebook page tomorrow. It's going to be launching the final part of our series there. And what I would really like you to do is to share that video. Don't just like it, share it. Because if we would get a whole bunch of people sharing that, you get a whole lot of attraction on the, the internet and on the, on the Facebook pages where people are taking notice of what's going on. Amen? And so purpose to do, to do that. And in the next couple of weeks, we've actually got a new commercial that we got coming out as well. And so I'm excited about that. And so praise the Lord. Good things are happening. Amen. Praise God. Well, so we're going to talk about dreaming again so how many of you been enjoying that how many been learning to dream a little bit seeing things from a different perspective well we're going to continue with this series where we've been talking about dreaming again but we said in the last few weeks that there's some building blocks if you will of a dream what does a dream look like well first of all we said concerning the scripture in psalms 126, it says, when we have a dream, and when that dream is real to you, that God dream, something is expressive in your countenance. In fact, it says that you laugh. In other words, you're smiling, you're, your countenance is happy. In fact, it goes on to say that you're glad. And it says that our, our mouths were filled with singing. Come on, how many of you like the way that that looks? Instead of having a sad song, you got a glad song. Rather than, than having your, your, your frown turn upside down, or I should say your smile turn upside down, you're turning that frown upside down and smiling. Praise God. God wants us to have a different countenance. And therefore, when we have a God dream, our countenance looks different. Secondly, we said this, that a dream is something that it takes faith, believing in the reality of something that is not tangible to the touch. We said that a dream must be obtained through goals and through a plan, or we must have a plan. We said that a God dream is not just about us. We receive and are partakers of the blessing of that dream. But the Bible says that concerning any dream, God dreams are really to impact people. And really, God dreams are all about building the family of God. And so today I want to talk about dreaming again but in order to have a god dream and to see a god dream come to pass a god dream always begins with a seed everybody say it begins with a seed a god dream begins with a seed and as we've been talking from one week to the next we said this that everything about what god is wanting to do is to build his family Right? 
In fact, I said to you before that the reason that you're a part of this church is because God thinks you're significant. God thinks you're special. God has plans for you. And if you've ever wondered, why do I seem to have so much opposition in my life? It's because you belong to a church like this. Because a church like this begins to teach you how to take your place in Christ. The church like this begins to tell you and teach you how to walk by faith and trust God. And therefore, the enemy is going to come at every opportunity and say, do you really believe that? And listen, there's all kinds of churches that you could be attending today. A church that just simply goes through tradition and formality. Stand up, sit down, spin around, whatever the case might be. You know what I'm talking about, and I'm not being critical. I'm just saying you could be, be a part of any other church, but here's a church that is beginning to cause you to step up and mature as a believer and be significant and begin to see your dream come to pass. And so as believers, as we said, God wants us to understand what that dream needs to be put into motion. God's all about building his family. And if we go right back to the very beginning, and again, it's just a, a milestone for us as to how God began to build His family and put His, his purpose into place. And, and really, the, the Bible tells us that He had a dream to have a, have a family, so therefore He made a garden and placed a man and a woman in that garden called Adam and Eve, right? We talked about that a little bit last week. But the Bible says that when Adam and Eve fell... God had to come about a plan to restore the dream. We said that any dream that we're going to see come to pass has to have a plan. Well, when Adam and Eve fell, when Satan got in there and messed up God's plan, there had to be something in there to fix the dream. And so God says, here's my purpose. Here's the goal. Here's the plan. He said in Genesis chapter 3, he said, there is a seed that is coming. <laughs> he said, there's a seed that is coming, and he's going to put separation between you and the woman's seed. He said, you will bruise his heel, but the Bible says that that seed would crush his head or take that authority back away from Satan. And what God said, he says, the way that that purpose and that dream is going to come to fruition is through a seed. How many of you know that seed was Jesus? He was speaking of Jesus. But then we also see this when God was speaking to Abraham. That God spoke to Abraham, a man that had a desire to have a family and was unable to do so. God says, I'm going to give you a seed. And he says, from that seed is going to be all the families of the earth. And then he even goes on to say this. He says, from that seed that I give you, Adam, or, or excuse me, Abraham. He says, from that seed and from that child, he says, my seed's going to come forth. In fact, it says over here in Galatians chapter 3. In order for God to fulfill his dream, he began to bring to pass a dream in Abraham's life. In Galatians chapter 3 verse 16 it says this. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. Well promises or the promises of God are nothing short of a dream. Come on. How many of you know that God's promises supersede anything that you could ever hope for, imagine, or believe for? They far surpass any dream that you have, right? And when it comes to God's promises in your life, it takes faith. It's for an appointed time. We've got to believe God for it. We've got to see the untangible, even though God said, 
That's what I promised. It's God's promise. It's his dream to us. And so therefore it says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, And to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to your seed who is Christ. So what was he saying? He was saying, Abraham, I'm going to use you to build my family. And he says, out of your seed is going to come my seed because they're connected. The dream is going to come to pass through a seed. God was going to give his seed, Jesus. He was going to give his seed and it was going to come through the seed of Abraham. And in Genesis chapter 17, verse 17, it says this. When God, you know, I've talked this before from a different perspective. But we said this, when it comes to a dream, when you have a dream, we are like those who dream and our mouth was filled with laughter. In Genesis chapter 17, verse 17, it's the account of when God told Abraham that I was going to, I'm going to give you that seed or I'm going to give you a son. Notice what it says here. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed. Everybody say he laughed. And Abraham fell on his face and he laughed. And he said in his heart, Shall a child be born to this man or to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90, 90 years old, shall she bear a child? And then the Bible also gives us an account that concerning Sarah, when the angel of the Lord came to her and says, You're going to have your dream come to pass. The Bible says that she laughed as well. God says, What you laughing at? She said, I'm not laughing, Lord. Now, we've always taught this from the perspective is that when God said, I'm going to fulfill your dream, they laughed because it's like, how impossible can that possibly be? I'm a hundred years old. Well, we said that a dream is something that is impossible for you. A God dream is something that takes faith. And I'm sure that Abraham responded from his natural man saying, I'm an old dude. My wife's never been able to have kids. And you're telling me that I'm going to have a seed. I'm going to have a son. I'm going to have a family. My dream is going to come to pass. And after he pondered the faithfulness of God, I can only imagine he began to laugh. Come on, think about it. I'm 100 years old. I'm going to be a daddy. (laughs) Come on. I should be a grandpa, but I'm going to be a daddy. Come on, think about how that must have tickled his heart. God, you said I'm actually going to have a son with my old woman. (laughs) Come on. The old ball and chain, she's going to have a baby. Come on. (laughs) He laughed. Why? Because when a dream becomes a reality... When it begins to stir your heart, it begins to move you from the inside out. And your countenance begins to change. Can you say amen? So, concerning Abraham, the Bible says that God said, I'm going to fulfill the promise that I made to you. And then we see in John chapter 3 verse 16, this is a very familiar passage of scripture. But it says this, it says, for God so loved the world... That he gave his son Jesus. And whoever would believe on his son Jesus. Would receive eternal life. And become part of the family. So we could say it this way. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his seed. And whoever believed on his seed would be part of the family. Come on, we know that scripture, don't we? John chapter 3, verse 16. But here's the thing. When God gave Abraham the promise, the dream, to be the father of many nations, to have a family, the dream requires a seed. You see, God, we know that God gave his seed. But we see that his seed came from the seed of Abraham. And therefore, God says, listen, if you want me to be willing to give my seed, I want you to give your seed. Do you recall the story of Abraham? Here he had his son. He's like, man, God, you've been so faithful. And then one day God says, sacrifice your son. Give him to me. What, Lord? Give me your seed. The Bible says that Abraham took, took Isaac and took him to sacrifice him. He carried it all the way to the end as he was drawing back to take the life of his son. And God says, he's faithful. He's okay. He don't have to give a son. But because he was willing to give his seed, I will now give my seed. Aren't you glad that Abraham was willing to give seed in order for the dream to come to pass. Because you and I are all byproducts of him being willing to give of his seed. Therefore, God was willing to give his seed. Therefore, we can receive Christ and be part of God's family. Come on, are you tracking with me this morning? The sacrifice of being faithful, the dream, God's dream, will always require a seed. If you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And we're going to continue to look at this example or understanding of a dream being required or a, a dream requires a seed to be given. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, it goes on to say this, And God is able... To make all grace abound towards you. Say, that's me. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work as it is written. He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed that you have sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. Let's continue in verse 11. While you were enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God, for the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints or the family, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. We said that the dream requires a seed. What is the dream of God's heart? It's to build His family. God wants to fulfill the dreams in your life and in my life, but He wants us to have it in perspective because the dream that God has placed in you is not just all about you. It's to help usher people into the family of God. Right? And so the Bible says here, concerning your livelihood, concerning of your life, 
He says, first of all, I want you to always have or always having all sufficiency. So in other words, God says, whatever is required of you to bring to pass the dream is within your hand. Put that scripture back up there. We got, is anybody back there? Uh, sorry. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. If we can get there. All right. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having. Everybody say that with me. Always having. Not will have. Not someday. Always having. So in other words, right now, we have it within our ability a seed or something that will help bring to pass the dream that God has placed in your heart. And then it goes on to say this. A little bit further on down the road, it says, And God will supply seed to the sower. So even when you think you don't have it, all you got to do is ask for it. And the Bible says that God will supply seed. And then he says, once, you, once you've been supplied the seed, the Bible says that he will multiply that seed. Right? He'll multiply it. And then he says that this multiplication of receiving back doesn't only benefit the body of Christ the saints, but it says through many thanksgivings as a result of you sowing seed. So what does that mean? So that means that there's a lot of people that are going to be thanking God because you gave seed or gave of something to make God's dream come to pass of building His family. Amen. What does that mean? That means that when you get to heaven, there's going to be all kinds of people that are there because of you. Because you gave something. You had a seed and God says, I took that seed and I multiplied it and I built my family. Come on, are you here this morning? A dream always requires a seed. And then again in verse 10, it says that he multiplies that seed. See, the Bible says this, that the kingdom of God or the family of God is built upon the principle of sowing and reaping. The Bible says that God sowed or gave his seed, Jesus, And because of him giving of his seed, Jesus, we are all now members of his family. Right? Aren't you glad that he gave his son? I said, aren't you glad that he gave Jesus? Amen. And he says that he's going to multiply that seed. So the family keeps on growing. Right? Let me ask you this. Do you believe... That if you confess Jesus as your Lord, that you're going to heaven? Just by a show of hands, how many of you have received Christ in your life? I don't want to embarrass anybody if you haven't. All right, got hands up all over the place. Now, now put them down again. How many of you are emphatically confident that you're going to heaven? Without shadow of a doubt. You know that you know that you know. Hands up all over the place. All right, put them back down. What is easier... To trust God with your soul or to trust God with your money? 
it's easier to trust God with your soul? You think so? So you're saying if it's hard, well, I'll put it this way. How can you trust God with your soul if you can't trust him with your money? Because the reciprocation of seed sown is upon what Jesus did or what God did by giving seed. And therefore, you became part of the dream by receiving the gift of the seed. Right? So listen, if you think that it's a whole lot easier, or let me just put it this way. If you cannot trust God with your money, but you're saying, oh, it's so much more easier to trust God with my soul, I would really challenge you in whether you truly believe whether you're going to heaven or not. Because money's just money. Money's not eternal. Money's just temperate. Money's just paper. It's just metal. It's nothing. Come on, are you here this morning? I mean, really, if we can't trust God with money, how are we going to trust Him with our eternal soul? But, oh, praise the Lord, God says, I love you more than that. He says, and I gave you my very best. And He says that if you will trust me, I will multiply that seed. I'll increase the family. I'll build your dream because you trust me. Amen? Now, I bridged the gap there talking about God's seed coming into the earth because it built the family. But the kingdom of God is built upon the principle of sowing and reaping. So it doesn't matter whether it's a sowing of natural seed, spiritual seed, or money as seed. The, re- the, re- the reciprocation is, is that there's always harvest upon seed that is sown. Right? All right, let's see here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's go back here. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 6, he says, Remember this, he who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously, that blessing may come to someone. Did you notice that? The generous giver is giving from the perspective of, I want it to benefit somebody. But what do most people do? Well, I'll give to get something. But the Bible says, no, the one that's generous, that has a sincere heart, has the family in mind. He says, the blessing may come to someone will also reap generously and with blessing. So let each one give or sow as he is made up in his own mind and purposes in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion. For God loves, he takes pleasure in, prizes above all things, and is unwilling to abandon or do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in his giving. And one translation says, a hilarious giver. Well, my goodness, why in the world would I be hilarious in my giving? Because we are like those who dream. And our mouths were filled with laughter. And our tongues with singing. Because when I give, when I sow seed, when I put money into the church, it has an eternal reward. And people's lives are being changed. There's a family that's growing. Praise God. Amen. And therefore, I'm happy about it. Glory to God. Aren't you glad that God wants you to have more than enough? So many Christians live on barely get along street. 
Welfare Alley. Come on, God has provided so much more than that. Amen. And God says there's generous givers and there is sparing givers. Once again, isn't it interesting that God only mentions two? He says there's the sparing giver and there's the generous giver. There's nothing in between. Almost there, kind of generous, just mediocre. No, he doesn't say. He says either sparing or generous. What's the difference? And God's wanting it to be about the heart. So don't ever misunderstand that whatever you purpose to give, there's always a harvest on the other side of that. But a sparing giver is somebody that can do it with comfort. That don't miss it. And when you give it, there is no faith attached to it because I can just give it. But the generous giver is the one that steps out of their comfort zone and says, Whew, it stretches me a little bit, God. But oh, people, family, kingdom is being expanded when I give. And I'm generous. And I'm joyous and hilarious. Come on. God wants us to be a bountiful giver. Did you ever notice that there's no confusion in harvest? There's no confusion in harvest. If you plant corn, what's going to come up? Corn. No confusion. If you sow just a little bit of corn, how much corn are you going to get back? Just a little bit. But if you sow corn generously, how much harvest are you going to get? A boatload. Yes. Come on. There is no confusion in harvest. And God is the one that established sowing and reaping, giving and receiving. And we saw right here that when he talked about money, he equated it or labeled it as seed. And therefore, your seed goes to build the dream. So let me ask you this. Why don't people get happy at offering time? Come on, offering time ought to be one of the the greatest and the most glorious times in church, man. We just got done worshiping God. Woo, praise the Lord. Oh, man, they did such an awesome job. I feel the presence of God. And then all of a sudden we passed the bucket, man. They just killed the Spirit of God right there. The Holy Spirit left the place. They passed the offering bucket. No, no. I mean, we ought to be worshiping God. Oh, praise the Lord. And then when the offering bucket comes by, we ought to be able to, wow, praise the Lord. The kingdom of God is growing. The family is growing. Why? Because we're sowing and giving of our seed. And there's harvest on the other side. So why is it that we don't get excited and happy and full of joy when it comes to giving? If you recall, the Bible says that God gives seed to the sower and multiplies the seed. When we give, we don't see God multiplying. We see it as subtraction. I said to you a few weeks ago, in fact, I think I said it in December. There are going to be people that get offended from me talking about money and talking about the building. And maybe even people that leave the church because we're talking about this campaign. Listen, if we understood that whenever I give... It doesn't subtract from my life. God multiplies it. 
and I always, always, always having all sufficiency and all things, and it abounds to every good work. Do you think that if you would respond differently in your giving, your harvest would respond differently to you? Come on. Let me just share with you just a quick moment. We talk about our seed, our finances, building the family and building the dream. My grandfather attended my first church. In fact, just with a show of hands, just for the sake of the illustration, how many of you knew my grandfather? Got one? Got one back there? So two people knew my grandfather. All right, let me ask you this. How many of you knew my grandfather from being a part of my church? I know it would eliminate one hand over here. So that's one person. One person in this whole congregation right now knew my grandfather. But back in early 2000, he said, I'm going to give you $5,000. And I'm going to give it into your ministry and into your church. My grandfather went home to be with the Lord in 2003. 99.9% of you people did never, never met my grandfather, did not know him, but you're sitting here because of him. Come on. Your seed never leaves you. Your seed always continues to impact the family of God. In fact, my grandmother just passed away a few years after her, or after him rather. And so before she passed away, she was getting... uh, 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 ill in health and so they had to put her in a nursing home but when they went over to the uh, the house to clean it they found in the freezer a bag of money ten thousand dollars in the freezer well the family didn't know what to do with it so they put it in the bank well then when they put it in the bank then the nursing home took the ten thousand dollars grandma's went home to be with the lord what do you think had a more lasting impact? The 5,000 or the 10,000? The 5,000. The $5,000 that my grandfather sowed into my ministry, planted seed into the church that we were starting. You're here today to be a part of that. Come on. The monies that you invest, the monies that you sow, that which you give, it's making a difference. The money that you give as a seed to build the dream might be attached to your son or your daughter-in-law. You may say, my son or my daughter-in-law, my child is only 10 years old. Exactly. You don't know what that seed is going to bring down the road for your family. Come on. You don't know what that seed is going to do for your marriage. You don't know what that seed's going to do for your job. You don't know what that seed's going to do for your physical health. You say, well, I can buy health. No, I'm talking about stepping out in faith and trusting God and seeing God. Because it might be that seed that you sow that provides a place for people to come to church and say, I believe in a God that heals and you preach that kind of God. Pray for me and I'll be healed of my cancer. And it was all because you sowed a seed or gave Toward the dream of God. There's a woman right now. That's in Panama. Her mom is still in Panama. I think she just got out of the hospital. 
but she's went down there several times. And every time she goes down there, she preaches the gospel to her mother. She prays for her mother to be well. And every time she's ever went down there to pray for her mother, she's came out of the hospital. Why? Because somebody gave a seed that allowed her to step up and say, I believe in God. I heard that he's a healing God and he wants my mom to be saved and to be healed. And so she goes down there with confidence to pray for mom. And every single time, mom comes out of the hospital. Why? Because somebody gave a seed. Come on, are you tracking with me this morning? God has an assignment for seed. And he's got an assignment for your harvest. Come on, I'm challenging you to be a part of the dream that God has called us to be a part of. This is our city. Amen? This is our season. This is our time. God's moving in this time and in this hour. Anybody watch the news yesterday? Streets filled with people rioting and protesting. Silliness. But nevertheless, people came out by the hundreds of thousands. I believe there's a day coming when people buy the Hundreds and thousands are going to be packing the churches of America. I believe there's coming a day where Genesee Valley Church does not have enough room in it for the people that are coming. And when I say it's coming, it's coming soon. It's coming this year. We're seeing people's lives changed. You might say, well, pastor, I've heard that before. Look around. I don't care what I see because I don't walk by sight. I walk by faith. And God has called me to be a Holy Ghost preacher, word of faith teacher, a devil stomping, city conquering, man of God, amen, come on. And he's called us to be a family of God to do the same things. Amen. There's only one kind of devil. Listen to me, I said there's only one kind of devil, and that's a defeated devil. He's defeated in Flint. He's defeated in your home. He's defeated in your body. And we're going to live the dream out. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye, eye closed. Remember, we're just going to go over to this, the church building right after. So we're going to wrap it up short and head over there. So I'm going to pray. We're going to sing one last song. But as I pray, I just want you to check up in your heart. What would God have you do to be a part of the dream? Everybody has something. Time, talent, treasure. The dream's going to come to pass. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for these individuals right now. I thank you, Father, that you're restoring this church. You're restoring these families in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that the eyes of our understanding are opened and enlightened, having wisdom and revelation of who you are. And God, I thank you that we have wisdom and revelation of who you've called us to be. And what is the inheritance? What is the harvest? What belongs to us? What the dream is? What your promise is to every single one of us? God, we're stepping up higher. We're living at a higher level. We're believing at a new level. We're trusting you like never before. 
For this is our day and this is our time and season. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life